Thank you for joining us on the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health. Our mission is to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. In each episode, we'll hear from writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, as she invites you into conversations about the issues that matter most to you. Now, let's get started. Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. Um, I feel right at home today because my son, Jacob's in the podcast with me. Hey there. Hey. And also a friend of ours named um, Jay Yurick. How's it going? Yep. He's a football player at USC. And Jay, do you want to just tell them kind of what you play or what your position is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me first off. But um, so I am a football player at USC, came in as a quarterback. And then um, since the spring, I've been doing a little bit of receiver and special teams. So I'm going to be playing a lot of different positions for just helping the team in any way I can. Wow. Yep. So is that hard to, to move from something that you know into different things or? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a challenge to sort of to totally switch a whole new position, but it's something that I'm that I sort of played when I was younger. So I'm sort of just an athlete so I can do whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not as good of an athlete as you, but I remember when I was 13, I grew really fast. So I was the center on our basketball team wow. and then I didn't grow at all. So I had to <laughs> learn how to dribble. <laughs> so, um, you know, things Things happen like that for sure. Um, Jacob, do you want to say hi and just kind of what you're doing in your life right now? Yeah, so um, I'm Jacob and just really living out the summer to the best of my ability, just trying to follow what God tells me to, um, learning as much as I can from my parents and all the leaders I have in my life and in recovery actually from a really bad knee injury, but I'm a about three months out, so getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, you're in rehab. Yeah, I mm-hmm. am. And you're doing, you're so faithful to it. I'm so proud of you. Trying. <laughs> um, full on knee surgery. So it was uh, meniscus and ACL. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. He's been, he's been working hard. So <clears throat> I have to confess to Jay and pretty much all the listeners um, who are listening. I did not grow up on football. So pretty much, I mean, I watched it with my grandpa, but pretty much I fell asleep mm-hmm, um, because yeah. the Falcons weren't very good <laughs> at that time Falcons, of my life. They still aren't. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think they got good for a little while and then I don't even know now. So um, when Jacob actually started playing football, I found myself not knowing the game at all. In fact, a mom one time asked me, what's a down? And I tried to explain it to her because I thought oh, I knew. And, and this man beside me listened to me and he said, I'm sorry, that's not right. <laughs> so he had, he had to funny. explain it to me. I played soccer. So I'm like, you never just gave the ball away after four tries. You just like, you had to get the ball yeah. unless you scored. And so the whole concept of saying, now your turn didn't make sense to me. Um, but I had to learn a lot. And I also screamed a lot of things that I never thought that I would scream as a mom, yes. like <laughs> hit him, <laughs> yep. hit him hard, <laughs> get him before he gets you. <laughs> so um, I'm definitely um, learning a lot more and watching a lot more football right now with all the boys in our house. Um, but will you just tell us, Jay, a little bit about yourself? How did you become interested in football, you know, and, and kind of just get into that world? Yeah, so I'm from Greenville, South Carolina. I moved around a little bit when I was younger. I went to a couple of different elementary schools, middle schools, um, but I ended up graduating from Wren High School. Um, played football since I was probably second or third grade, and then ever since then, I just sort of, you know, youth league, 
you know, my mom was the same as you, just, mm-hmm. you know, out there screaming random things and, <laughs> and uh, encouraging me. But it really wasn't anything like really special until um, probably my junior year of high school at Wren. Whenever I sort of, I've always knew I wanted to go play college football, but dreams were like really starting to come to fruition. Like I had a couple of scholarship offers. So mm-hmm. it was like really getting involved in that and getting excited about that. But that's a little bit about me. Have um, an older brother, older, older sister, and then a younger sister. Um, that all live in, in South Carolina and they're sort of all over the place now because um, we're all sort of college age and mm. above. So that's a little about me. Do you have a football loving family or is it just a few of you that love it or? Yeah. So pretty much everybody loves it. My dad is, is a huge Gamecock fan. Okay. My mom is a huge Gamecock fan now. She was a Clemson fan. Oh. And then everybody else. Well, sort I mean, of, yeah. you're playing for yeah, the Gamecocks. Exactly. So what can she do? Exactly. She she loves the Gamecocks now. She has Gamecock logos everywhere in the okay. house now. We're, so. I don't know if you're allowed to say this, but were you a Clemson fan before you went to USC? Um, I was a college football fan <laughs> before I, before I went before I was at USC. I, I just love college football. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, yeah. Uh, so, do you do you keep up with the NFL at all? Yeah, I mean, with with our schedule, it's like we normally have during the season. We have you know obviously we play on Saturdays, and then Sundays is sort of. Um, you think you sort of get a lot of off time, but that's when we go back and watch the film and have a little developmental practice and yeah. sort of get involved in that. So there's always football on, um, but I've always been a college football fan. I, I, I have dreams of going to the NFL, but um, there's not really one specific team I really pull for, or like root for as much as I um, like do college football. But, right. you know, there's I like the Chargers or the Raiders or okay. just random teams like that. Do you have a favorite player? So – I would probably say Russell Wilson right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's sort of a hot take. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I just like Russell. Um, great quarterback. Underrated. Like, very small. Like, 5'11". Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, so he had, to, he had to overcome a lot. Went to NC State, then to Wisconsin. Yeah. So, he went through a lot. And then also, he's a great guy off the field. I hear a lot of good things about him. So, mm-hmm. I just, I like his style of play. And he'd probably be my number one. There you go. So, yeah. you like to pull for the underdog? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I'm kind of like oh, that, yeah. too. Yeah. I definitely pulled for Seattle against... Against the Pats, I don't. I don't like the Pats. Yeah. Um, do you have? Do you think that there's a greatest player of all time? Is yeah. there um, somebody up there for you? Or since you don't like the Pats, I don't think you're gonna like my answer. Oh, no. I, I don't yeah. care. I yeah. understand. Like most people are gonna yeah. go with TB, but yeah. I feel like Tom Brady. You yeah, know, I, I don't really get in that conversation a lot, just because every like you know everybody in the locker rooms talking about it or you yeah. know at the barbershop, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's sort of it, it gets heated, obviously. Oh, but yeah. um, but. If I had to say it, it'd probably be Tom Brady just because he wins. Yeah, I respect him a lot. Honestly, he probably is. It's not so much that I don't like the Patriots. I just don't like the same team consistently mm-hmm. being great over and over again. Mm-hmm. Then it, it's not fun anymore. Yeah, you know? I feel that. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. He, I mean, six championships, six, six Super Bowls. That's a, yeah. that's a lot. That is mm-hmm. a lot of winning. Yeah. And you just said barbershop. I love that <laughs> because I mean, some some guys now they don't go to a barbershop. They just go to you know some hair salon or something yeah. like that. But you said barbershop. <laughs> I did. Say and barbershop. I mean, do you get the 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 shave and the cut or just the cut? Normally, the so normally I just get the cut. Okay. But um, yeah, I've, I'm sort of switching around. We actually have a barbershop inside of our facility now, at Carolina. Oh, that's cool. So we got a we just got a brand new facility. So mm-hmm. we have all the bells and whistles and we have uh, haircuts once a week over there. So I normally just get the haircut there, but if I want to treat myself, I might get everything and yeah. pay $40, yeah. but not, wow. try not to a lot. 
So tell us a little bit what it's like to play for USC and um, such a big school, I think, with so, mm-hmm. so many eyes on it. Yeah, I mean, it's an honor to play for University of South Carolina. It's, you know, a state school in the SEC. I mean, you really can't. You know, I get asked a lot of times. We, we have a lot of recruits coming in. I speak to them and their parents sometimes. And, you know, my pitch is just, you know, why I came came to South Carolina is just – it's a it's it really gets underlooked in the state a lot of times especially in the upstate but it is um, such a great school with so many opportunities academically you have um, playing football in the SEC with the toughest schedule in the country um, and you have opportunities just to showcase what you can do and, and to build something that like you said or earlier like you said opposite of what you said is like we have to we have to prove ourselves mm-hmm. um, so that's something that I sort of like really um, like to do and and you have people around there that are just amazing so you have you know academic people you have um athletic people you have people all around you just to really support you and carry you through um your college years but it's it's the one of the most exciting things in my life mm. to be able to you know walk in that dream of playing college football and and especially at a place like carolina yeah Well, I really respect you. Uh, We're going to take a short break, but then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about your football experience at USC and um, specifically being a Christian and being on a football team of such significance. Hey guys, we want to take a quick break to talk about some exciting opportunities our ministry has for you to serve this fall. Through Crossroads Missions, you can spend your 2019 Thanksgiving break sharing the good news of Jesus with the world in either Guatemala or Thailand. We're going to be working with our trusted ministry partners in both of these locations, and they are both trips you're never going to forget. So go to GoWithCrossroads.com to find out how you can get involved for fundraising resources, information about our ministry partners, and to get started on your missions journey by filling out an interest form. They're going to be awesome. Now, back to the show. So I did not play soccer in college, but I made the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was this just this thing inside me that I just didn't feel like I could commit. So I went to Appalachian. They had a girls team. I was so excited about this. One of the reasons why I went there. And then I just couldn't say yes to the coach. Um, she kept calling me, you made it. Are you going to play? And I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. And I think for me it was the right choice because – Um, I just looked at my weekends. I looked at every night I would be practicing and I realized my weekends are out. So that cuts out church. Mm -hmm. My nights are out. So that cuts out any kind of Christian club at all. I didn't know anyone there. And I was just afraid to show up in a town that I didn't, where Mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody and have no support system for my faith. So I know that that can be a struggle for athletes who are Christians in college just entering into a whole new community, leaving home, yeah. all those things. So I just want to ask you, um, do you have any wisdom for athletes who are in college or maybe high school students who are about to go into college? Just some wisdom of uh, you they have made the decision to play. Yeah. And now they need to figure out how to find that community. Do you have wisdom for them? Yeah, definitely. I think being, being at Carolina for two years now, two and a couple months, I um, – that's one of the biggest things that you know I see with the new freshman coming in. What I experience, so I definitely have some experience in that. But what I'd say is really um, surround yourself with people who um, care about you. I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing because whenever I was in high school, I went and I had people who were already a, maybe two years ahead of me or a year ahead of me, um, and they, we just got coffee and I just asked some questions about you know 
you know, there's actually a football player at Clemson who I who I knew was already ahead of me. So I just got lunch with him and understood, like, trying to understand, like, what it's like and, and, and that kind of stuff. But really what I've learned is it's all about priorities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what you, what you want to do is what you're going to do, you know, mm-hmm. especially going to college. You know, you no longer have your parents to tell you what to do. Um, so what you really want to do is what you're going to do. And, and, and having that, those priorities of, hey, if, if, if you want to be strong in your faith, you know, putting God's first, seeing first the kingdom of God. Um, and then also with, with your sport, you know, that gets overlooked a lot of times. And if you're a Christian, you know, you think you can just go and, and sit in your room all day and pray and that you just can't do that. You know, you have mm-hmm. the Lord's given you some responsibilities and you have to make sure you have those priorities in line of, all right, I know I have this practice at this time and, you know, setting up a calendar or, mm-hmm. you know, having that, that, that time management and those people um, to help you and, and really create balance. So I think priorities and balance is the biggest thing because I feel like for me, I went through this, but also so many of my teammates, when we focus so much on one, like say, um, sport, academics, or your, your walk with the Lord, if you focus on any one of those to an extreme amount, the others are going to suffer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me personally, like the first couple of months, it was a struggle of not putting too much emphasis on football. Hmm. Um, you know, cause and, you were excited. Exactly. You came in, it's new. I mean, yeah. you're freaking out cause this is just such a great opportunity. Yeah, exactly. So I can see how that would be a focus. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you have, you have all those, um, you know, pressures and stuff like that. So getting in there and really focusing on, you know, having my priorities straight and then also balancing and, and having those people around you to really that, that care for you. Um, church family, it really is a big, big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did, I want to ask you one more question. Mm-hmm. How did you find a church family? Did you, were you already connected mm-hmm. or, um, did you have to search around? Yeah, so I, I went to New Spring Church in Anderson from probably 10th grade when I moved to Wren High School. Okay. So I was already plugged in at New Spring. And then so right whenever I was going to Columbia or knew I was going to commit, I sort of started get in, getting involved with the Columbia campus, and I've been there since. Okay, and then there's one more question I want to ask you about on this line. Um, I know a lot of college students who don't go to church mm-hmm. when they go to college because they're like, well, I'm going to go to the ministry um, group with all my friends instead and kind of like just cut church out. Yeah. Um, I didn't do that. And I'm so glad I didn't. Cause I, I still had the influence of some families, um, that, that felt like were very important for mm-hmm. me. Um, how did, how did you choose? Cause it sounds like you're still in community with the church, yes, right? Yes. Um, how did you feel about that decision? Yeah, I, it wasn't really a decision for me at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you know, I just, church is one of the biggest things that I love in my life. So I was, I wasn't a decision. I was just going to go down there and, and it's, it's going to be different going into when you're playing ball and playing a college sport, you're not going to have as much time as you did in high school, but still making that a priority of, even if you have, you know, sometime practices and making time for you to go there and really get filled up and be around, be around your people and Mm -hmm. build those relationships. Because a lot of times, um, I've experienced that playing college, college sports, you get in this bubble of, um, performance and you get in this bubble of just trying to do everything and and it's a whole world especially college football mm-hmm. um, but having that church family really re- like if it wasn't for that I don't know where I'd be it's, it's that important yeah that's great do you um, just adding on to that do you feel like I, I go to a pretty big public high school it's mm-hmm. got close to 2,500 students and um, towards the end of the year, I started making more friends that actually love Jesus mm-hmm. but especially towards the beginning of the year I just felt like 
I was by myself. Yeah. I was walking the halls and I felt like I was the only one who was trying to pursue a relationship with God. Um, so it's easy to, easy to feel alone. Yeah. Do you feel like on the football team, do you have a good community around you, specifically like teammates mm-hmm. that really love the Lord? Or do you feel like you're just by yourself a lot of times? I know yeah. it could be both sometimes, but yeah. That's a great question. I think getting there, you know, obviously whenever you go somewhere for the first time and you're trying to learn, it's, <clears throat> you know, you experience some of that loneliness, you experience some of that, um, you know, you feel like you're by yourself. So I've definitely had had seasons like that. But um, the Lord has been so good to me and really um, blessed me with a lot of the guys, you know, relationships with, with yeah. people on the guy, people on the team and just building a relationship with those, those guys. And, um, you know, there's guys, you know, everybody sort of says they're a Christian, you know, and you, mm-hmm. you figure out the guys who are, you know, grew up in the church and, but sort of, you know, not really living the life. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you find, you know, a couple that are really about it. And yeah. that's what I found is just, there were, there were, a couple of guys who really, really, really were hungry for, you know, growth in the relationship with the Lord and really um, more than just football. But there's so many guys who were just on the edge yeah. of, you know, growing up in church and didn't really know, didn't, weren't blessed with the opportunity that the Lord gave me growing mm-hmm. up in such a great part of the, you know, state with so many people who care about me and pouring into me. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of got to use that, um, what the Lord gave me um, and just sort of, you know, care for those guys and, you know, talk to them and hang out with them, you know, on the weekends or whatever. And that sort of led into sort of us having a group. So now yeah. we have a, we have a group where we just, um, you know, once a week we hang out and talk about the Lord and, and share what we've, um, we actually, it's a funny thing. We, um, it's called a nugget. So if, if <laughs> we have a, we have a group of people who meet and if you have something you, you want to say or Lord's teaching you, you know, you have a nugget you want to share. So oh, sometimes, awesome. I love it. sometimes, you know, you might have like a little chicken mini, you know, <laughs> if you just have like a verse or something, but sometimes, you know, we've, we've had a couple guys come in and they have like chicken platters full of, <laughs> full of chicken tenders because they've just been, you know, marinating on what the, the, they want to say and what the Lord's been teaching them. So mm-hmm. that's been <clears throat> definitely, um, that's the one part of the week that I look forward to the most. Yeah. Outside of the games, outside of practice, outside of training, whatever. Like that has become the thing that, you know, I I love yeah. so much. So good. Yeah, that's um so do you feel like going to such a big school, given such a huge platform, mm-hmm. um, do you feel like one, you are faced with more temptation than um, an opportunity to given to sin than your average college student? And two, what are some practical ways that um, you resist that temptation, those opportunities to go out and make a stupid decision? Yeah, I think, you know, I was thinking about that question. I think <clears throat> I think that, um, you know, there's obviously everybody has opportunities to fall in temptation. I don't think it's necessarily, you know, you have so much more weight on you to fall in temptation as a college athlete. Right. But there are a lot of, you know, opportunities that you might have more than just a non-college athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and people, you know, that comes down to people just, you know, trying to make a God out of you. You know, you, yeah. they want to be with you or they want to, you know, mess around with you. You know, there's so many different, different things that come along with that being a college athlete. But... Um, I think, you know, in my life, I've, I've experienced a lot of temptation, but also with, with my guys on the team, you know, in our group, we, um, probably, you know, specifically, um, I talked about a little bit before, but with performance, that's a huge temptation Mm -hmm. for me. Um, just, just thinking that what I do is who I am. And, you know, every day in college football, you are graded, you are, you are, 
you know, they have their strength analyzed. coaches. Analyzed. Yeah. I mean, you're analyzed. Yeah. Your plays. What did you do right? What did you do wrong? Exactly. <laughs> it's it's a it is a business. It is a job. Mm. It is heavy stress. Um, but it is a lot of of uh, performance. And if you don't perform, you don't get viewed um, as good enough. And mm. you, it, it's like call it, it's like high school sports, but on steroids. And yeah. you know, if you're not performing, if you're not producing, you don't play. Yeah. And you don't you don't get the respect that you deserve. Yeah. Um, so that's a big thing. I think that's one of the huge temptations that, that a lot of us struggle with. And then also with, obviously with lust and, 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 and sexual temptation, that's a huge thing, especially coming out of high school. You know, a lot of guys are, are, you know, highly rated and they have a lot of clout, the new word, you know, mm-hmm. and they, and they come in and, and girls are just flinging themselves on them mm-hmm. just 24 yeah. seven. You have opportunities to do anything you want. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's girls coming up to your room. It, it's crazy, but. But really, that's 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 one of the biggest ones, and then also um, just trying to make football your god. Mm-hmm. That'll be the the last one that I think is is huge, and you know, like I said earlier, you're just surrounded by it, and and um, that is those are just some temptations. But I feel like to answer your question, um, for me, I, for all three of those, and even more, I feel like whenever I think about those things, or whenever I'm tempted with those things. Um, I try to think back to myself of, you know, they might feel good in the moment, but it's not going to satisfy me. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the, that's what it comes down to for me is, um, you know, they're not going to satisfy and, um, taking those things to the Lord and allowing him to fill in, fill in those spaces wherever I'm lacking something, whether it be with, you know, I want somebody to think of me a certain way mm-hmm. yeah. or, you know, I want instant gratification or I want, I want the, just the feeling of girls on me. Um, or texting somebody mm-hmm. or simple things like that. Um, allowing the Lord to fill those spaces with more of him yeah. um, is, is huge. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So I'm a girl, and uh, I remember, <laughs> really? in case you didn't know that, um, but when Clayton and I first started dating, um, because he was on stage a lot um, and speaking already, uh, there were a lot of girls who knew him. In fact, the mm-hmm. first summer I worked camp, a lot of the girls who worked with me we're working, hoping to have a relationship with him. That's so funny. that was a little <laughs> awkward for me. Um, but all that to say, um, I understand a little bit how just being, a, first of all, a godly man is attracted to mm. Christian girls. It's just one of the things. But then also when a Christian girl sees a guy who's really serious about the Lord, it's just hard to not, you know, to you you just fall in love with him mm. for whatever reason. You just feel like he's leading really well. But then also the athletic part of it throws in a whole mm-hmm. new element. And Definitely. so I just wanted to ask you, just for all the girls out there who are listening, what is your heart like in relationships? When you would say no to a girl um, who possibly you know wants to go too far, wants to be physical, maybe wants to have sex with you, what's your heart behind that no? Yeah, I think that's such a good question because, you know, whether you're a girl listening or a guy listening, you're going to be faced with those temptations, whether you're a college athlete or not. And I think my heart behind it is, is just knowing that I'm going to trust God in what he says. And, you know, it's super, super hard, but I believe that, um, that the Lord isn't holding out anything from me. And Mm -hmm. I, I, Sometimes I would be I'll be lying if I didn't say I didn't believe it because sometimes mm-hmm. I don't believe that. Yeah. Um, I believe that um, that he is holding out something from me mm-hmm. um, sometimes, but I'll, but deep down I know that he he is good and he's 
he's given me so much and he has blessed me with so so many different things and and just whenever I think of that subject I think um, that you know I'm just gonna trust God and what he says might not feel the best right now but um, that I know that he's not holding back anything from me he's trying to set me up with something um, so great in my marriage and 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 waiting to have sex until marriage um, or you know not trying to give in to temptations of watching pornography or mm-hmm. or doing all that kind of stuff it's it's um it's definitely a challenge but I think um, that it's definitely worth um, fighting for somebody um, if you have a relationship with somebody or if you're not just fighting for purity and, mm-hmm. and watch how the Lord blesses that and, and really pours favor on your life. Yeah. I had a, um, we had a conversation this morning with our executive director. One of our staff asked him, or they actually volunteered to help him with something. He was asking the whole staff and she raised her hand and he was just in the, the mind frame of like putting everybody where they needed to be. And so he looked at her and he was like, no. And then he was like, oh gosh, that was really harsh. And, um, and he said, but not no, because you're not, you can't do it. No, because I have something better for you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is the Lord's no. Mm-hmm. A lot of times is we hear a no from him and we think he's mad at us or he's trying to keep something from us or it hurts our feelings. And we we're like, but Lord, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I think he would say, because I have something better. Yeah. Exactly. And I was like, Justin Brock, that is a Lord's no right yeah, there. You know, right, it's such right. a good example. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I know too um, that it's probably hard to remain humble um, mm-hmm. with all of the attention that you get from football and, you know, fans and all these things. What do you think? Do you have any practical wisdom to give people on? how you remain humble, um, what is your, like, what do you go through in your mind or what actions do you practically take? Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's definitely a struggle whenever, you know, you have that, that platform, but it's so easy. It, it's become, it was hard at first, but whenever you grow up and I've been blessed to grow up in such a great, have people around me who just love me and sort of shepherd me in, in and in the way, right way to grow up. But for me, it's, it's I always try to look back and think about, you know, all the things that I have and, and the reason why I am playing college football and the reason why I'm at South Carolina is all because, you know, God's good. And he, literally, like, I do not know how I'm at where I'm at. Like, mm. I've worked hard. I've I always have talent. The Lord gave me that. But it's just like whenever I think back and I really think on it, there's there are things that just can't be done by by me and my effort. Mm. So. That's what I think about is whenever I'm, you know, being prideful or, or thinking too much of myself, I'm, I just have to go back to that reality of everything that I have that is good is from God. That's yeah. so good. And, and I can't, you know, I can't do anything to, to advance myself or, uh, you know, and, and it's just realizing that and, and trying to be, um, you thankful, know, yeah, I'm guessing. Exactly, thankful and instead of that just selfish attitude, mm. which I, I, is so hard. I think that's so good. I think that it, when it, we can be like that with our salvation, we can take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, we can take for granted anything that we have until we remember, you mm-hmm. know, that God created us. We came from dust and yeah. pretty much everything he gives us is a gift and it's his favor. Yeah. So we're holding our hands out saying thank you, not holding our hands out trying to like grab at things, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So like I, like I told you, I go to a really big public school and it's easy to see, um, the people that have grown up in church. Mm -hmm. I mean, we live in the South, 
Um, the church is a huge part of our community, but it's become so religious. Mm-hmm. It's like a set of rules and laws and regulations. And it's really hard to share the gospel with people that think they know Jesus, mm-hmm. but don't really. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel is the most effective way, the best way for you to both share the gospel with your words and your actions? Yeah, that's an amazing question because that's exactly what I sort of, I'll, I'll let you in a little bit. Right when I got to South Carolina, um, you know, coming from, you know, with my church, I just had this passion of seeing my teammates, you know, meeting Jesus and, and f- trying to follow him. So I remember sitting in my dorm room and thinking, you know, there's there's somebody and, you know, one of my teammates, I, I want them to experience the Lord so bad. So, you know, I'm, I'm sitting up there, you know, brainstorming, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, what am I going to say? What Bible yeah. verse? And it's the first night I was there. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know, I just got back. My parents just dropped me off and I'm just in my room just praying. And like, and I felt the Lord tell me in that moment of, Jay, like, don't stress about it, yeah. you know, and don't put too much pressure on yourself and, and really and just listen to me. And yeah. literally in that time, the Lord gave me a word of my first whole year. I'm not going to be um, trying to say anything or preach the gospel of my words, but just allow my life to demand that explanation of I, he's different yeah. mm-hmm. so I can have the equity later on in, in, in my journey. And so that. You know, that's what the Lord told me. So I think the first thing is listening to God. Yeah. Um, because I can say something now and you can take my word for it, but it's just Jay's word. It yeah. doesn't have that much weight. But listen to the God and because and, he, he, he has the best thing for you and, and he had the best thing for me in that time. So I did that for, for an extended period of time. And then, um, and then later on, the Lord gave me permission to sort of be myself and, and uh, really, um, you know, talk about the Lord and, and really, you know, form those relationships with people and, um, do that kind of stuff. But I think um, also um, it's so important to um, know that your thoughts um, with the Lord are so important mm-hmm. and um, that it's just it's just so important to know that it's nothing external mm-hmm. um, and that the Lord wants to um, tell you things and um, give you words to be able to um, you know make those relationships. But it's all from an internal place, not an external place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and like the, that. the fruit will come, yeah. you know, like I feel like you share the gospel, you know, you can say all you want, but the fruit of your life is really what's going to, you know, lead people to, to see that, that, you, you know, Jesus has changed your life. Yeah. Um, so it's not really trying to, you know, willpower your way into like not sinning or, you know, being kind, but allowing the Lord to give you those qualities of himself. That's good. I'm reading a book by Rodney Stark. It's called The Rise of Christianity. And he's a sociologist, which this may all sound really boring right now. But basically, he went back and looked at the beginnings of Christianity and he, when it, there was such high growth. And he said, how was there such high growth? And mm-hmm. so he starts from a sociologist per- perspective. He's looking at the community and how do people relate and why did Christianity grow? And so as he was doing this, he realized, and he, I mean, it was like exponential growth but they all had everything to do with relationship. Mm-hmm. So yes, there were gatherings where people were getting saved probably, but it was mostly relationship conversion. Mm-hmm. So because he said, when you have a connection with someone, they can hear what you have to say um, more than say a stranger, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so that doesn't, you know, I know that we have a lot of kids at camp this summer 
and they're hearing the gospel and they're responding, but they're here with their group. They're here with their friends. They're Mm -hmm. here with their leaders who have already poured into them. Many of them have come for years and they have a relationship with us as a camp. And so I think that this is important. Like what you're saying, you came in Mm -hmm. and you said, I need to get to know these guys as a person. Yeah. And, and you said equity. Mm -hmm. I need to build equity with them. It's not like you're trying to do a business transaction you're trying to have a friendship Mm -hmm. and from that friendship i think the overflow of god the gospel the the door is open for that because of their relationship with you not because of just what you say all of a sudden like says something to their heart now i'm not saying god can't ever do that Mm -hmm. but he in his studies it was proven that most of these conversions and the growth came from people actually investing in other people, yeah. which I think so is cool. so beautiful. That's yeah. awesome. Um, so we all know that Jesus came and shared the gospel out of love. He came as a servant. That was the main part of his his ministry. But sometimes he did like lay down the law. Like he mm-hmm. came in. I mean, he came in flip tables mm-hmm. he whipped people not like bad but <laughs> but he did yeah. and um so sometimes like i feel like you do have to lay it down and just call your friends out on their crap or mm-hmm. um like lay it down sometimes do you feel that um with your teammates with the people that you're s- surrounded with that you're trying to share the gospel with mm-hmm. do you feel you're reaching out more with love um, or more like, do you feel like you're more of a lion or the lamb in some scenarios? I know that's like really specific, yeah. but yeah, I think, um, I think that it all comes from love. Yeah. Um, and just like sort of, I remember just my parents, you know, they're, they had to discipline me and they had to tell me not to put my hand on the stove so I don't burn myself, you know, right. and there's some areas, um, but that's not my relationship with my guys. Yeah. You know, that's a good example. But I'm not their parent. I'm not their, um, you know, t- care- caregiver or whatever. Like I am their brother, and in reality, in reality, they're gonna do what they want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had to release a lot of pressure for myself. That's so good. Yeah. Of, that's good. I cannot make somebody do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't make you show up for Bible study. I can't make you come to church. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I just began honestly just praying and, and asking the Lord. Who who really wants to follow Jesus? Yeah. Who wants it? Because mm. that's a question that I didn't I didn't ask, and I was just going after people who didn't want it, mm. and it just wasted my time. Yeah. And I hate to say it like that, but it, the people who want there was people who wanted it, and it might not have looked like the people who I wanted to want it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the people who were you know, had a lot of influence, but people want it everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So really diving into those relationships and seeing those those guys who really want it. And and then pursuing them with all I have, yeah. Um, and then after that, it just becomes, you know, second nature of just you know loving on them, and and, yeah. and then they respect you, and they they will listen to the things that you have to say, even though it might you know hurt them right now. That's so good. I feel like there's so much wisdom in what you're saying, because um, if we win people to Jesus out of fear, what are we really winning them mm-hmm. to? You yeah. know. And so I think that there has been in the past a faulty conversion gospel where we scare people into heaven Mm -hmm. um, by telling them about hell and not really winning them into a relationship with Jesus, which is what it is. So if you can, if you would use a conversion gospel based on fear, then really are they, 
are they really saved? Because are they really having a relationship with Jesus, or did they just not want to go to hell? You exactly, know. Yeah. And so then, discipleship and sanctification never happens in someone's life like that because they don't really understand what they entered into. Exactly. Um, again, in church history, I'm learning uh, when someone came to know Jesus. It was three years of training before they were baptized because the baptism they took so serious that they were basically taking on the identity of Christ in that moment. Yeah. Which I'm not saying that we need to like change how we baptize, but I'm just saying the seriousness with which they were baptized into a relationship with Christ, I think we don't quite understand as much at the you know, in this mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And so there was a cost for them because in the beginning, Christianity was seen as a cult. Like it yeah. wasn't popular. Mm-hmm. It wasn't famous. It was this like subversive um, religion that was strange. And so to enter into that required a lot of commitment. Mm-hmm. And so I think that your wisdom of I'm going to love them and they're going to do what they want, but I'm going to look for the ones who really want to love Jesus and I'm going to help show them and I'm going to support them mm-hmm. and I'm going to like do everything I can to like bring them into the relationship that they're hoping for yeah. and just be that tool from God. I know that it's not really even on our power anyway. Yeah. It's between them and the Holy Spirit, how they end up having their relationship with the Lord. So both of you guys are first time podcasters. Yes. So high five, yes. high yes. five. Yes. And um, I'm so proud of both of you. It sounds kind of silly. I'm saying that I'm proud of you. But I'm thankful, I guess, that both of you have been in here and um, have done such a good job of helping our audience understand a little bit more about what it's like to be um, a college athlete who loves Jesus, Mm -hmm. um, but really pretty much just a person who loves Jesus and is trying to live it out in this certain area of their life. So I want to thank you, Jay, for being here. And Jacob, how did it feel to do your first podcast with me? It was pretty great. Yeah. Do you want to do it again? Yeah, sure. Good. Cause you are, (laughs) we're going to have another one with Jacob and some of his friends where we talk about how to hear, the Holy Spirit and how to pray and to just respond to what he's saying. So mm-hmm. that one is coming up. So you guys keep your um, eyes posted on to our Instagram account. Overcoming Monday is the Instagram account and we will make announcements on there. We'd love to hear from you um, on that account. So if you have any questions or comments, feel free to connect with us there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Overcoming Monday. We hope we've given you some little secrets for your big big breakthrough. And uh, thank you to James Garcia and Clinton King Ministries for producing this podcast. We're thankful that you chose to listen to Overcoming Monday, a production of Clayton King Ministries. This podcast happens because of you, and there are three ways that you can help us reach even more people. One, be sure to share us with your friends and follow Shari on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ShariKing99. The second way is that you can also make a tax-deductible donation to Clayton King Ministries, a 501c3 nonprofit at claytonking.com slash give. And third, of course, subscribe to our podcast. Get on your favorite podcast platform and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And for more encouragement to move you forward in your faith, check out Shari's amazing blog at shariking.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope that we've given you something to help overcome this Monday.